Father, we thank you for this day that we celebrate mothers. We thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, and for the video. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I was, I love the, uh, the little song every time because my favorite thing was the ingenuity of the child to use a mop to paint the ceiling and realizing that as he was painting the ceiling, he was also taking care of the carpet. I, I just love the ingenuity of children and how they try to make things happen. Uh, another part that I liked about it was the fact that he was realizing that he had destroyed the stove. He took the initiative to order pizza and to make room for the pizza. He took everything out of the refrigerator and the freezer. So, I guess y'all gonna have pizza for the rest of the week. All right. Now, I don't know how many dozens, if y'all didn't catch it, how many dozens of pizza he's ordered, but he ordered enough pizza for my grandsons probably for a day. But anyway, uh, and last but not least, he was smart enough to ensure that he used mom's credit card to get it done because it was for her and they know that dad would have put them in the hospital. But anyway, yes, yes, what's this charge? All right, so this is a day in which we acknowledge and we celebrate mothers and I think it is a great time to do that. If you didn't know, this isn't in my notes, but I I just want to tell you what happened. Mother's Day was started back in the early 20th century. It was started by a young lady who just wanted to take an opportunity to recognize her mother. Her mother was such a blessing to her that she petitioned and got Mother's Day recognized as the second Sunday of May. Well, after about, I think it's seven years after she got that, she was trying to get it removed. Why do you ask that she tried? Because the flower companies and the card companies took advantage of her wanting to acknowledge how precious her mother was. And so sometimes folks take our good intentions and try to manipulate them for their profit. That's not in my notes, I just, it just came to my mind about how folks do things. But today I wanna talk about mothers, and we're gonna look in two Old Testament books, not books that you probably would think of on Mother's Day, because most of the time we go to the last chapter of the book of Proverbs on Mother's Day. We're not doing that. But we're going to look at the book of Ruth and the book of 1 Samuel because it includes two examples that shows that God's concern and care for mothers extends to all women, not just the one that society deems ideal. Now, when I was putting this together, I thought about my, it kind of hit home with me because 
Yolanda, Lady Yolanda and I had our son Tamaris when we were 17 years old. We were juniors in high school. Now I remember coming up that on Mother's Day they would do this thing where they would say, who's the oldest mother? Who's the youngest mother? Who's the mother with the most kids? Who's the mother, I mean, who's the grandmother, the youngest grandmother, the oldest grandmother? But they never talked about the young ladies that had got pregnant out of wedlock. They didn't acknowledge them. And they didn't recognize, although it didn't happen the way we really wanted, they still had the support of the church behind them. I think it was kind of, kind of put in place to be a deterrent. However, I think it also became a barrier. Because mothers are very important to society. Now, let's, first of all, before we get into our scriptures, let's, let's define a mother. Mother is simply the female parent. A woman in relation to her child. And that which has given birth to anything. Simple definition of a mother. And as we look through these scriptures today, my goal is to only hold you for like three hours, but it may be a little longer. We're going to talk about two very special women, Ruth and Hannah. Let's look at Ruth, the first chapter, starting at the first verse, and we're going to jump on down through the 14th verse. And it says in Ruth, the first chapter, starting at that first verse, English Standard Version says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judea went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of this man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephraimites from Bethlehem in Judea. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpha, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about 10 years. And both Mahalon and Chilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her daughter, two daughter-in-laws, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. 
The Lord grant that you will find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and lifted up, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait until they are grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. For it is exceedingly bitter for, to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Let's go to 1 Samuel, starting at that first chapter, English Standard Version. And it says, there was a certain man of Ramathalin Zophim, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuphah, and Ephraim. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penaniah. And Penaniah had children, but Hannah ain't had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Phinehas, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year, and as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it falls upon the good soul of our heart and that it will grow thereby. What I want to talk about today is that... Uh, We love celebrating Mother's Day. That's one of the three main church days in the life of people. Mother's Day, Easter, and Christmas. Back in the day they called it CME. So also, at the same time, it is a day of celebration, but it's also, for some people, a difficult time. Some audiences could have mothers that are considered mothers in waiting. Women that have gone through infertility or through miscarriages or who are still praying for God to bless them with a godly husband and family. Some women could be grieving the loss of a mother or a child. 
And some may be feeling as if they are failing as a mother themselves. But as we look at how Ruth starts out, Naomi was going through this bitter situation. And if you read the book of Ruth, you see how God used that bitter situation to cause joy to come to Naomi's life. But sometimes it's hard to reconcile the example that society puts before us with the reality of what we're going through. And so some mothers have not met the societal standard. And some mothers have, or some women have felt as if they are incompetent and incapable of being successful as a mother. So we want to encourage you today to let you know that not only does God have your back, God is cheering for you. Because you don't necessarily meet the societal norm, the, the way that society says it should work, doesn't mean that there's something broken or wrong with you. If you are in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that God takes every situation and he works it out for your good. Now, I'm going to jump on this really quick and I'm going to get off of it. I, I promise I'm going to get off of it. But there is a situation today where we have folks that are against abortion. And they are so adamantly against abortion that they cause a level of condemnation to fall upon those that have gotten that procedure. To the point that they don't even give any wiggle room for the situation. But I want all of us to understand that all of us have made mistakes. All of us have done things that we know we should not have done and done them anyway. Now, what we want to do is restore a person that has gone through that situation. So my point that I want to get to is that there is an argument for we should not abort uh, babies. I'm quite sure there's some folks that agree and there are some folks that disagree. That it's the woman's body and she can make the determination that she wants to make. Uh, that's not my point today. My point is this. If we are not going to have an abortion and we are in a dire situation, where are those that will come alongside and help the young lady through the situation? We have a large contingency of foster care in this nation. We have a, a large contingency 
of need for adoption in this area. So if I may, I can say the rationale is instead of me bringing this person into this dire situation, I'd rather terminate them so that they don't have to go through this because I see no hope. I see no way to take care. I can't do it. So I don't want them to go through this. If we as a people would come up and say, if a person does have the child, mm -hmm. then we should also help them to maneuver to the other side of after they have the child, can we support this person as they go through this situation? It seems to me that we are excited about the person desiring to go through with the process of pregnancy and then we kind of turn our backs and let them fend for themselves. Then that leads to a level of pain and torment that they then begin to uh, express through the raising of the children. I'm not trying to be political today. I'm, I'm just saying that we have to realize that women are going through things and we have to be available to assist them to have the victory. Because we have said you didn't do it our way, we're not going to help you. That ain't how Jesus operates. That's not how his people are supposed to operate. It is a, there should be a mindset that we move forward to examine or to exhibit the love of Christ to all, no matter what the situation is. Okay, let me get back on my main road. So we, we, we realize that traditionally on this day, this second Sunday of May, we got cars, we got flowers, and if you've been watching commercials, you're supposed to give your special mother a diamond necklace or a diamond ring, you know, to celebrate Mother's Day. And in church, they talk about being the Proverbs 31 woman who gets up early, stays up late, manages to perfectly balance self-care, motherhood, and a career. But for many women, this idea looks nothing like their real lives. And the disconnect leaves them feeling broken, broken hopeless, and like failures. There are a lot of women with and without children who are putting up the facade and not dealing with the hurt and the pain that they need restoration from. So how does God see the woman who doesn't have everything perfectly figured out? What is his heart toward the mothers who are praying for children who have walked away from the faith? Does he hear the moms who are grieving children taken away from life too soon or the women who long to be mothers but whose time has not yet come? The answer is 
He sees them all as his daughters. And he loves them just as much as the women who at least appear to have it all together. As we look at Hananiah, or Hannah, and the other woman, the situation was this back in the day. I want to focus on Hannah. I don't even talk about it really. But uh, back in the day, it was essential for the wife to give the husband a male heir because everything went down the male line. If the woman was, was not able to provide him with a male, then the culture allowed you to find another woman to, in order to have a male heir. The desire was one man and one woman according to the scriptures. However, we need to have a male heir, so we'll just bring another woman in. But the first woman will be your real wife. The second one will be the second wife. And, you know, that's how it's going to go. But as we have looked at Abraham, as we have looked at Hannah, as we have looked at women that have gone through this situation, the other woman always got something to say. She always, you may be number one, but I got the heir. You, you know, they got something to say. Because society has set up, this is the way that it has to be. Why is it that we cannot depend on or look to or encourage others to realize that God has a specific plan for your life? And because of that specific plan he has for your life, let us walk in and listen to the voice of the Lord because our culture sometimes speaks louder than the voice of the Lord. So we get involved in what the culture says things should be. And we see how it can cause people to feel hopeless, broken, and like failure. I think about how we can see women who have set up the, uh, the look that everything is going well. But I always think about a duck. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a duck on a pond. But it looks like a duck ain't doing nothing but just cruising along. But if you happen to look underneath that water, that joker kicking and kicking and kicking, but on top, everything's smooth. Everything is just like perfectly in place. They're wah, 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 wah. They're just moving right along. But underneath, it's chaotic. It's moving. It's, things are going on. And sometimes we get so focused on what's happening above the water and how things look above the water, we don't get concerned about what's happening under the water. And I believe as, as a church, as people, as women, as men, that we should be looking to help folks to maneuver effectively and efficiently 
under the water. That we should be helping, looking, encouraging how to do business behind the scenes. That we should be doing business by being in each other's business. We talked about it last week how it's not about we, it's about us. How we have to come together to help one another. I know this is a different Mother's Day message, but it's just something that was been messing with me, so I want to talk about it. Because sometimes we try to make everything look like everybody's mother was perfect. And we know that's not true. I love my mama, but my mama was mean. <laughs> my mama didn't play. I tease her all the time. I said, Mom, you know, today you would have been in a lot of trouble. She said, that's why I wasn't in today. So, bless the Lord. But the thing was, all when we went outside of the house, we had a way that we had to act. And if we didn't act that way, guess what happened? We got corrected at the location of the transgression. But today, we can't do those type of things because it has to look a certain way. We don't go behind the scenes. We don't go under the water and see, is that mother so stressed out that it's not really the, the child that she's upset with. She's upset, upset, she's upset because she hasn't slept in two or three days because she's having all these things going. What way can we assist her what way can we encourage her? What can we do for her in order to assist her with becoming all that God has for her to be? I know most times that we, we, we cheering mothers on today, but I want to challenge us to become, like Titus tells us, that the older women entreat the younger women, teach them. Tell them that it ain't about being perfect. It's about being true. It's about being right. Some folks need to be hollered at. Some folks do need to be corrected. Some folks do need, and some folks don't. So just because I need to correct my children doesn't make me a bad mom. Their kids may say I'm mean until they don't have to go to jail or they don't have to be... Uh, locked up or executed because of their wrongdoings. Now, if we were to look at the book of Ruth, we would see that Naomi was just having a bad way all the way around. She, first of all, she did the one thing she was told not to do, her and her husband. God says, you don't leave my designated area and go live with the strangers but that's what they did why because they they didn't trust god to provide them food because they said they were going through a famine but when they get there they they became a part of the environment they became a part of the culture and that is something that we have done to ourselves we have Grabbed hold of what, how the culture says we should do business instead of what God says we should do to do business. And so now we wonder why our business is all jacked up. Because when we do it God's way, we get God's results. Now, 
I do understand that sometimes God's results seem to take eternity to happen. But I will tell you that God's timing is always the right timing. I will tell you that God's plan is always the best plan. I will tell you that God's way is always the best way. What we see happening with Naomi and Ruth is God took their situation, Naomi's situation, in order to bring this Moabite woman back to Israel so that she could meet Boaz, so that Boaz could have Jesse. God had took how Naomi kind of jacked up everything in the eyes of everyone and turned it so that God's will was done and complete. Because one of the things you can say about Ruth, Ruth was committed. Yes. Ruth said, you my mama-in-law, and wherever you go, I'm going to go. Your God is going to be my God. Now, you got to remember, the Moabites wasn't Jehovah followers. There was what you call heathens. And so she decided that she was going to stay with her mother-in-law. So as we look at Hannah, as we look at Ruth, I don't think that God was having this put into the Bible in order to look at mistakes or situations that we need to avoid or disasters that we need to prepare for. Rather, he uses these situations to show how much he cares for mothers. Can you imagine Hannah going through year after year, going to the festivals, getting teased, and she gets to the point where she says, I don't care, I'm just going to pray. And she prays so strongly that no words are coming out of her mouth. She's just in the presence of the Lord. Eli looks at her and says, that woman over there been drinking and trying to come in here and pray. But she says, no, I, that's not what was going on. I'm just, my heart is just so want to have a son. Eli says, you are going to have a son. And she said, if I have a son, I'm going to dedicate him to the Lord. And what Eli didn't realize, that he spoke a word over a woman that was going to birth his replacement. Okay. He didn't realize that. But that's what happened. She had the son. She celebrated to have the son. She did not go back up to the festival until he was weaned because when she went back to the festival, she said, hey, Mr. Priest, Mr. Eli, here's the baby that you prophesied that I was going to have. I need you to train him. Now, Eli didn't know what he, uh, what he was about to get himself into, and we may end up having, I might have to do something on Samuel just so y'all can understand everything but what I want you to realize she endured getting talked about being considered something wrong with her 
God has left her. God is not with her. And she got to the point where she said, all I know to do is I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to ask God. And God's timing was such that when it happened, it wasn't a big celebration. Oh, she finally had a baby. But what it did is, because of her faithfulness, because of her dedication to God, she had one of the greatest prophets that Israel has ever known to be born through her. So I'm just wanting to come by today just to let you all know this, that God loves you so much, even in the, God, I know, I know that you look at yourself and you say, I should be this, I should, don't, don't get yourself wrapped around that. Know that God has a plan for you. And God takes everything that you're going through. And I, listen, I don't know how he does it. I would be a millionaire if I could figure it out. But he takes every situation and turns it so that it comes out to your benefit, your good, and it glorifies him simultaneously. Yeah, that hard-haired son or daughter. Yeah, that crazy husband. Yes, that crazy mother who, or that crazy uh, daughter. Whatever you're having to deal with, God uses that. He's doing something in you so that you can glorify him. And simultaneously, he changes the situation that caused you to come to him in the first place. Now, I, I, if I could figure it out. Now, I do also want to remind, I said this earlier, that the only commandment with promise is the honoring of your mother and father. So I want to tell the husbands, I want to tell the children, I want to tell especially them teenagers that we have to honor our mothers because they took care of you, they nursed you, they whooped you, I mean, they watched over you. So what can we do in order to show them that we care? We can be more mindful, we can be more obedient, we can do the things that are necessary that caused them to feel as if God is doing something in you which will answer their prayers. And husbands, men, we have to love our spouses, love our wives as Christ loved the church in that he gave himself for it. There is all contributing factors to help the mother, the wife, the woman to become all that God has designated for her to be. And I want to close with this final little bit to say this, is that there are some women that have not had children. But I have been, I have interacted with some of these type of women. And these women treat almost every child that comes into their presence as if they're their own. They have a, a, an ability to, no matter how knucklehead the kid is, they 
when they come around this woman, the kiddo, the, the, the mothers even take their kids to them. You just go spend some time with your auntie cause, because I believe that God has a plan. And it, some of this, as I said earlier, because we have such an abundance of children and not an abundance of mothers, that some of these children need to interact with the female and there are some women that have not had children but have a heart for children and they speak into their lives and cause them to turn around. Cause them to operate in a way that gives God the glory. So let's not get wrapped around the fact that we celebrate mothers. Let's not get wrapped around the fact that you only become a mother because you've had a child. But let's get wrapped around the fact that God calls us to be helpers one of another. Amen. That he encourages us. He commands us to help one another, to provoke one another to good works. And let us be those type of people. That we're not so concerned about how they look above the water as we are about their efforts under the water and how we can encourage them. You know, if you, 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 you know you can look at certain people and God tells you this is what they're going through. And sometimes all they need is for you to say, I see you. I believe you're doing a wonderful job. I know, what, I know what's going on in your head, but I heard somebody say, you got this. You got this. And sometimes that's all a woman needs to hear in order to be encouraged to take care of the responsibility that God has blessed them with, given to them for his glory. Right? Amen. I want to say that if you look at this day as an opportunity for you to be upset and to blame your mother for how you turned out. I want to tell you that what you really need is you need to have a relationship with Jesus. Because pain drives us or drives a wedge between actually a lot of times help. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then what that causes to happen is that the anger, the pain, the deficiencies, whatever thing that you're holding against your mother is keeping you from being at peace. Yes. And we want you to have peace. And Jesus says that he is the Prince of Peace. That means peace is what he's all about. In order for you to acquire that peace, you have to accept him into your life. And I'm not twisting your arm, I'm just saying, if you want peace, this is how you get it. Now, it does not become an instantaneous, you accept Jesus and every, there's some processes that you have to go through, that you're going to have to work through, and that you need to be a part of a community of believers that will assist you in doing that. But the, let's just talk about the first part. The first part is this, that if you accept Jesus into your life, he begins to cause 
changes in your life. And the way that you do that, the Bible says it like this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Again, that word saved means delivered, means the, uh, rescued from the penalty of sin. And once that happens, then you are in the process of becoming more Christ-like. It's easier for you to drop those things that have been pulling you back because you know that the greater one is working in you. That means that Jesus is working in your life and he's going to send folks around you in order to assist you into becoming what he has for you. So I believe if this day is the day that is really coming to your mind for you to accept Christ in your life, I believe this is the day that you should do that. And the Bible also says that whoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So if your mother was a good mother, if your mother was not considered a good mother, whichever situation, the best thing that you could do today is to get yourself in a position whereby any pain that you have regarding your mother that you begin to work through that so that you can be a benefit to others and an encourager to others. That what God did, did in your life, he can do in theirs. So if you made that decision today, I would love for you to let us know so that we can provide you with information, that we can walk alongside you to assist you with everything that you need in order to become all that God has for you to become. So if you would, email us at info at godshousecc.com and we will con contact you. We will do everything within our ability to assist you in maneuvering this new life that you have in Christ Jesus. And with that, we will see how God's going to work in your life on your behalf how the things that have been holding you back, that he will give you victory over those things, that your heart will be made to rejoice. And with that said, and if your mother is still alive, it would be a great present to her today for you to say, I accepted Jesus, and I have now am walking in a brand new path. Because even if a mother was deficient, I know a lot of mothers that just pray for their children. They say, oh, I wasn't all that, but I still, God wants you to work on their behalf. And so this may be that day that your mother's been praying for you about. So please, and help, help, help be an answer to her prayer and accept Christ into your life. All right? Let us know. Info at GodsHouseCC.com, and we will definitely come alongside you and assist you. All right? Well, friends and family, I know it wasn't a rah-rah Mother's Day speech, but... I really want us to be about what God is about. And that is, if somebody is hurting, then we should be hurting also. And I don't mean that we should be in the same level of pain, but we should have concern to help alleviate the pain that they're going through. Because a lot of times folks come into your life, and guess what? They are on the other side of what you already been through. And you can tell them, I understand, I've been through it, and I want to help you through it. Mm -hmm. All right?
Well, we're starting a new series next week called Outcast. Sound just like yes. We're gonna talk about uh, about Outcast next week. And I don't mean the, the the group from from Georgia. Somebody just gave me the look. No. No. Big boy and Andre Five Thousand are not coming through. I know I messed up the name. Shut up, Tamaris. All right. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.